our house is quiet right now. So because we were going into my parents' house, my kids were like, can we sleep over there? I was like, no, we haven't talked to grandma. Well, what if we take our stuff? And then if she says yes, we can. And I was and Ariana was like, no. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, Ariana, let's, who cares? Like, right? Like, they're just going to take like a blanket and a, whatever. So we're, she's like, okay. So we go, sure enough, they ask. And grandma's like, all right. Well, if you have stuff. And they're like, we have it on the car. Oh, oh my gosh. So, the way you said car with a little laugh was your dad. Like, oh. No joke. I was like, oh. Welcome to the See You in the Morning podcast. Here, Craig Price and I, Cammie Wilcox, are on a quest to interview each member of the Calvin and Margaret Price family. Let's see who we're interviewing today. Today we're talking to Chad Michael Price, who is the 41st member of the Calvin and Margaret Price family. He's the son of Glenn and Nancy Price, and he and Craig told me that he is also the seventh member of the Glenn and Nancy Price family. Chad, what's your favorite podcast? Well, obviously this one. (laughs) <laughs> you'll make it onto the podcast Jim. yes you brought I'm up something interesting i i didn't think about so did do glenn and nancy count one two as well for their family so do you guys all have two numbers that you use yes huh. we actually do yeah mom and dad are yeah, because they had a license plate that said nine prices. Mm. Yeah. Do you remember so, the California? You, Chad, remembers that license plate, I think. Oh, yeah, I do. Absolutely. <laughs> that funny. was mainly in California that we had that. When we actually had it on a vehicle. Yeah, I don't think we had it on the vehicle when we moved to Utah. No, we just kept probably, the plate. It was probably already taken. <laughs> <laughs> not many people had nine nine in their family members in california that's true but but quite possibly in utah yeah <laughs> that's true so chad what were some of your favorite things as a kid things you like to watch things you like to do that kind of thing man growing up i loved our family growing up i i remember thinking as a kid I always had someone to play with and there was always somebody there. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because we talked about our house in union city and how Craig, you mentioned this a couple of times, how in our, in our house and there was the three bedrooms, right? Because I'm the middle boy. I never left that room. One of the rooms I was always in the (laughs) biggest room. (laughs) <laughs> whether I was with Brett or Craig or whether I was with Scott or Alan, it just, I never moved out of that room for the whole nine years we were there. And I didn't really even think about that, appreciate that until later. <laughs> <laughs> and, but my point to that is um, I just really enjoyed having that somebody there, someone to play with. And then, you know, 
we always would watch Saturday morning cartoons or we would, um, I would go out and we would hang out with our friends. We'd play sports or go rollerblading or we would ride our bikes to the local store and just get snacks and treats or whatever. A1 general? No, I I remember being luckies. Maybe it was like, yeah, I can't remember. But I remember A1 general actually now that you said that. See, and again, maybe that, maybe you remember that one, and and maybe when I finally could ride with you, <laughs> right? <laughs> we went to A one General. <laughs> so, but you know, we we would watch. I remember one time, Mom kept us home from school, and we we did a Rocky Fest where we watched all five Rockies at the time, and stuff. That's which, awesome. Nobody was, was sick. Really... It was just no. Nah, let's watch Rocky. It... Yeah, let's just watch Rocky. And we, you know, we would watch one or two movies and then we would take a break and then we would go back. And, you know, it wasn't like sitting down for 10 hours watching the movies. We we would space it out. And... I have to admit, though, by the t- end of that, it was like I've watched so many movies. <laughs> <in one day. laughs> but, but, you know, it's things like that that make kind of they stick in your mind because it was something unusual and it was it was fun. Well, and surprising, right? Just yeah. So out of the ordinary. Yeah, my mom was so. progressive. I love it. <laughs> I would say she still is. That yeah, was awesome. Well, I just have lots of childhood memories that I just love. You know, I remember when the we got a Nintendo and we would take turns playing it. You know, and um, watching different movies like Goonies and Sandlot and. Brad and all these movies that we just grew up watching. Labyrinth. Ah, Labyrinth. Yes. Yep. Uh Beetlejuice. Um Bingo. Yeah. You were yeah, grandma and grandpa had bingo. Yep. <laughs> I remember that. Gar- what about garbage pelkins? Yep. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. So I don't know. Just Growing, I really loved sports, and so anything with riding a bike or doing things like that. I was never really good on wheels, so I never did really, like, on my feet. So yeah. I never did a ton of, like, rollerblades or skateboarding or things like that. I just didn't have the the balance for that, and so I didn't really do a ton of that. But anything else sports-wise, I was, I was there, so... What was the first? I guess I should ask Chad. Do you remember the Syracuse house? Like, what were some of your first memories? Uh, I remember the basement didn't have carpet; it was cement. Um, it's I don't think it was fully finished. I think there was maybe a room or two that was finished because I remember Scott and Alan um, lived down there, and then I remember the horse that we had for a minute. Ben we did. We did. I remember one time we were going out to Antelope Island, and I remember that the lake level had risen up, and so the road out to it was flooded. And so we didn't end up going. Dad just kind of stopped where the road was flooded, and we just kind of all filed out and looked at the island, and we got back in and went home. <laughs> <laughs> so do you remember when we moved to California? 
I don't remember the move. I don't remember actually moving out there. Um, just some memories from when we were there. So. How old were you when you moved? I was five. Okay. When we moved out there. So that would have been 87. Yep. Yeah, because so. I I believe I was either just me and Scott just well he would have just turned ten and I turned right. one or it was just before just before or after that. Yeah. Now, Chad, I have a couple yeah. memories of you in the California house. Okay. Um, tell us about getting your teeth chipped. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh wow. So th- we had this water the, this pool basketball standard thing. I I don't know where we picked it up, but it, we had no pool. So we probably picked it up somewhere <laughs> either from a friend or from, you know, this you remember the salvage days Craig where they would throw their stuff on the street and, you know, the the garbage guys would come pick it up. Yeah, it was like a spring, yearly spring cleaning or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, bulk trash day. Yeah. yeah. We would go ransack like, the neighborhood, though. Oh, we, we would. And I don't know if we just picked it up in one of those things or what. But it was made out of PVC pipe in some kind of, like, mesh netting for the backboard with a hoop, right? And so okay. I was holding the basketball standard while – uh, Al, it was definitely Alan and then a couple of maybe Brett or Craig or somebody else, Carrie maybe. And uh, I think I was messing with the hoop and I was pissing Alan off. So he <laughs> chucked the ball right at the hoop. And right in the center of it were two PVC pipes with a screw right in the middle of it holding it together. And he threw it and it hit that and it knocked back right into my teeth right into my mouth and it chipped my two front teeth um needless to say mom was not very happy i'm sure but i felt that i was like oh crap and then i i could feel it with my tongue (laughs) and i remember going into the house and sitting on the couch holding like some kind of towel or rag or toilet paper to my mouth because it was bleeding obviously and then my parents were like figuring out what to do. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you? Oh, how old was I? I was 12 or 13. Okay. It was just a year or two before we moved back to Utah. Yeah, I distinctly remember that V because I thought, man, Chad could probably whistle really good right now. <laughs> Uh, I always called myself the vampire when I had that because it looked like I had fangs. So what happened? How did they fix that? So they went to I went to the dentist. Obviously, my they took me in there. They numbed me all up, and then the dentist just took a chisel and wheedled down my front teeth to these long. (laughs) Huh? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, do these long pointed, jagged, jagged, ugly looking things. They were weird and ugly. And then 
I had a gap in my teeth at the time. And he's like, do you want me to keep the gap? Or do you want me to close it? I said, close that sucker. So he, uh, he put him, he, he capped my two front teeth and closed the gap. So, oh, so you got a little bonus out of it. I did. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> right? A little blessing in disguise there. That's right. A little cosmetic dentistry while you're in there. Exactly. I think Chad's been the 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 butt end of some of our shenanigans as we were growing up. <laughs> I feel like correct me if I'm wrong, Chad. We were at the baseball park. I can't even remember what the name of that park was. Huh? But didn't I yeah, that's right. Didn't I throw a rock at you? Yes, you said you did, and I still have that scar. <laughs> Again, I probably I made Craig mad somehow. I don't know what I did, but <laughs> he had a rock, and he we were running past each other, but he chucked that rock, and he was only like three feet away from me. <laughs> and we were just crossing paths, and he chucked that thing at me, and it hit me right above my eye, my left eye. And uh, bleeding. Oh, it was bleeding hardcore. I didn't even realize it until either you or Brett, somebody said something. Obviously, we went to go with mom and dad and get it all taken care of. I got stitches. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, no, Craig, I've long forgiven you over that one. So, no oh. worries on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Did it ever bother you that you were kind of lumped together with Brett and Craig as the little boys? I don't remember it bothering me when I was young, but I, I, I vaguely have some, remember some feelings when I was like pre or early teenager. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, I actually didn't realize you stayed in that room the whole time. Cause I do remember moving around. Like I remember me and Brett moved in with, I think Scott at one point in one of the smaller rooms. Uh huh. And then at one point, I know, I think Brett and Scott were together. And do you remember making that huge bed? I, we were talking about this just recently. Yeah. Yeah, that huge bed in our in the big one where we were at. We, would, we, we had like, we had a set of bunk beds. And then we had a bed for me along the back wall, like you were mentioning. And yeah, we would, we would take that bunk bed off. And we would just make one big, giant bed. Yeah. And, uh. I mean, we would jump and play and sleep and whatever we wanted to do. And oftentimes we did it when cousins were, were there. You know, we'd all just crash on the big bed. But That's really fun. I'm sure it was a so, nightmare to make that bed, but so fun. <laughs> I don't know if we ever well, did make that bed. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Craig, do you remember in that room that big giant dresser that we had? Yeah, it was like I feel like it was white. Yeah, or cream. It, it was. Do you remember that falling on me? <laughs> I I think I remember this. I think so. I think I remember it. Yep. Uh, yeah. This thing was huge. Oh yeah, it, it, like it a, took like a whole portion of the wall. Like it was like a, it, it was almost like a TV stand, but not a TV stand. Yeah, it almost a like bunch a bunch of cubbies and chill. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But like yeah, massive. 
Yeah, and it was like for our clothes. So it had like drawers in it and like a place to hang up shirts and pants and then a bunch of it was this big wardrobe thing. Okay. And on the bottom there was these big long drawers that would go all the way across it. And us being little boys, we would often get in that thing and we would hide in there and whatever and <laughs> I remember one time I was I had one foot in and one foot out. And we were playing or something. Next thing I know, I don't know how it happened, but that thing was falling on me and it fell on me. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember who got me out or what happened after that, but I just remember I think, it falling on me. I think it was mom. Was it I mom? Think, I think mom got in there and was like, what the heck? Cause like it was <laughs> loud. <laughs> loud. <laughs> Like what's right? going on? I think I think it was mom because I don't think me and Brett didn't get stuck under it. I think you were the only one that. Got stuck. I think it was just me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, how old were you when you moved away from California? I was fourteen, so we were there about nine years or so. Okay, so you were there for all of elementary school, and all middle. of middle school. Okay, because. I was just about to be a freshman and I had even gone through my middle school graduation with Jenna was there. She was right next to me because we were in the same grade and Alvarado wasn't that what it was. Yep. Alvarado middle school. And uh, Jenna was next to me. And so went through that whole thing come to find out in utah they don't go to high school until you're a sophomore oh no so i went through this whole graduation thing in middle school to go to high school and then i had to wait one more year (laughs) oh that's awful i have a 14 year old who is going into high school and he would be livid if this were his situation (laughs) i'm I'm glad you remember it that way too because I was in fourth grade, which in at that time, fourth grade there in California, you went to the middle school right? from fifth to eighth. And when we moved to Utah, I got two more years of elementary. So I remember that right. feeling. I remember that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Yours probably worse than mine, though. <laughs> I mean, high school would have been a much bigger deal. Yeah. 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 I was like, what the heck? You know, I I remember starting school that first year and I, I didn't have the best attitude, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if much of any of us had a good act. Well, I was going to say it probably wasn't a good time for any of you to move, right? Like Alan was a senior. Alan was, yeah, he had just got done with his junior year and he had to do his senior year in a different state. And yeah. So yeah, and Carrie would have been high school trans or I mean, I think she was she was a freshman at James Logan and then she went she had to finish out the other years, right? Yeah. yeah. And then she was like a newbie at the new school. So she wasn't like a seasoned year in. She had because she was with every all the other new kids. Oh she probably had it the best, maybe then. She did. Yeah. It didn't affect her as much. I would say, but maybe she might think differently, but <laughs> yeah, we'll find out someday. <laughs> right. So, yeah. but yeah. 
So what, uh, what do you remember from elementary school in California? Besides graduation? So elementary school. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, it was pioneer elementary and you know, Jenna was there a lot. I remember, um, we didn't have a ton of the same classes, but I remember just Jenna being around. Um, and so I, uh, I remember some of my teachers, Mrs. Calibrian. Um, I remember this one time where I was at recess and we were lining up to go back into our class and it was like a resource center because it was in the library. And so we were doing something in the library. So it was in the main building and I, I was lined up and I was sitting there. There was, there's these little like, um, planter things that came off the side of the wall Mm -hmm. and uh, sitting on the ledge there where I wanted to sit was an umbrella. So I just picked that thing up and tossed it into the bushes and didn't think the thing of it. Sat down, waited to go in. And uh, we go into class. And next thing I know, the meanest yard lady was in there was like, who threw my umbrella in the bushes? Which one of you did it? And I, I owned it. I raised my hand and said it was me. And uh, so I got sent to the principal's office for throwing her umbrella in the bush. <laughs> and uh, got a referral and everything for oh, it. Oh, man. And, uh, you know, my parents were like, what was the situation? I was like, I wasn't trying to be mean to her. <laughs> it was just in my way and I moved it. I think all of us boys that went to that elementary got a referral. (laughs) (laughs) And if you ask my parents, I think they said that those principals did not like us, but I don't. Well, by the time it got to you, Craig, they were like, oh, it's another price boy. We're all set. And then I got selected to go get pizza for the end of the year end pizza party. But because of that referral, I couldn't go. Oh, which was fine with me. The principal was, uh, she was kind of intimidating and scary. So, <laughs> so it was a pizza party with the uh, principal. Yeah. 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 You're like, oh, pass all the pizza at home. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Something like that. I can't remember. Oh, I think it was actually to go get the pizza with her, which was kind of weird at that time. Like, who would? take a kid to go get pizza but yeah you don't do that now no <laughs> which is kind of a sign of the times here but it's kind of funny yeah <laughs> yeah so the runner-up got to go with him with wow. her it was a one-on-one that's even worse yeah, I, as far as i remember i don't remember anyone else how awkward right <laughs> you dodged a I bullet so. there well I done. sure did. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because we always talk about uh, the custodian. I think we talked about yes. it. Yeah, with Jenna's. Yeah, and and Don, right? Yeah, I remember Don. 
But that's it's funny. Like, like, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot that you had that story. But yeah, again, like, here we are, all these young kids <laughs> hanging out with this yeah. stuff. Hanging again. out with the janitor at the school <laughs> in the summer when no one else is there. Exactly. We would yep. go there all the time. Me, Carrie, Jenna, David sometimes, I think, and then Danielle. And I mean, we did it all. So good old Don. But yeah, you know, I remember one summer that we were there and I remember this kid, these cars pulled up and they all got out. And this lady, older lady with a bat came out (laughs) with them and they walked out in the middle of the field and I'm watching this thing. Not, I'm not in the field, but I'm watching it from one, like where the classrooms were and the, some of the other kids hold this other kid and she starts Using the bat on the back of his knees. Yeah, what? I remember yeah. this. I just this starts wailing on him. Yeah, and then they all get up, get in the cars, and drive away. <laughs> and I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, craziest thing because they, Chad, I remember this because they had the they had like the summer activity oh, thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, was school. that what it was? Yeah, and it had like they had like carom, you know, playing carom. Yeah. Yes, and and then you had like you could get four square, and so it was like they had like this garage thing that you could go and you'd pay like fifty cents and you could play all these games. That's right, I remember that. And and yeah, sure enough, Chad's not lying. About that. <laughs> I think it was me, you, Brett, and little David. Yeah, and and oh, some boy. other kids like just we're all hanging out at this thing, and next thing we know, this old lady, not old but older. It yeah. had to have been like one of their moms or something. It didn't even make it had sense. To have been. But she, yeah, she went to town with this kid with a baseball bat. And did that kid get back in the car too? Yeah. yeah they all they did. Took that in. Wow. Okay, we have to reverse because what is Karam? <laughs> I'll let Chad explain that one. Oh, man, it was such a fun game. So it, it, imagine pool and like checkers or something like that and the same thing. So it okay. was like this. It was a square. Um, it had pockets on each corner. And it had pockets. And you had these like two and a half, three foot long cue sticks. And you had red and green ring looking uh, wooden things that they were, they were kind of like the balls for pool, right? But they were these rings that were green and red. And then you had a white one. And, was it, well, and black. Yeah, there's a black one. Oh, yeah. There was a black one. Right. And if I remember right, Craig, you had to ricochet them into the pockets. Otherwise, it didn't count. Right? Yeah. And it was it had two games on it. There was one on the on one side and another game on the other side that had pegs on it, and which made the game more difficult because you had pegs in the way to try and ricochet into the pockets. I think it had a checkerboard on there too. It did. So you could it play did. checkers with them as well. Right. Okay. So I have looked this up as, as Craig <laughs> stated, the fact checker over here. Uh, so cool. So it's apparently a, a very popular Indian game. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Like, from India. Um, oh. It's also played in Sri Lanka. 
Yeah. Anyways, awesome. yeah. I didn't, there you I didn't go. Know, do they still make the game, Cammy? Yeah, you can still buy. Oh, that might happen. <laughs> that, yeah, that might happen. Yep, there's some on Amazon. It was a it was a fun game. We grew we grew up playing that game. We had one growing up. Oh, that's really cool. I have so. never heard of that. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry I'm, you didn't have that, Cammy. I know. I'm really <laughs> deprived. That, Craig, you got to put that on the list of things to get for the family reunion next year. I know, huh? Yeah. And shirts with our numbers on it. Something. <laughs> <laughs> All 287 of us. If yes. I'm, I'm... <laughs> You're exaggerating just a hair, but we're close. Am I a little off? It's like 234. Oh, okay. okay. Though it's growing every month. So that, that's true. You know, by then it might be there. <laughs> yeah, a lot can happen in a year. That's true. true. So, yeah, so I you... mean, growing up, elementary school, I mean, I remember I would slide on the concrete in front of my classroom and then, you know, land on my feet again and. You know, little things like that. Mm-hmm. But just know what about junior you? high, Chad? Junior high or middle school? Or I guess it would have been middle school. <laughs> middle school was a kind of rough time for me, I'd have to say. I I was starting to feel more self conscious about certain things and felt really awkward. And uh and so, you know. I don't know. It was it was a little harder for me to make and keep friends during that time. But I don't know. I got through it. <laughs> yeah, I will say I think we all felt those feelings. So uh, Yeah. You played the trombone, didn't you? I did. Oh. I did play the trombone in the marching band and in band. I was not the uh let's just say I wasn't first chair. i feel like though if it was not just band and there was jazz with it because they didn't have a jazz band Mm. i feel like i probably would have done a little bit better if it was the jazz yeah it is kind of fun like improv stuff right like yeah yeah and i think i just would have enjoyed the music better yeah uh, personally i would say maybe a little more freedom in it too yeah than maybe so structured yeah, I uh, I played the triangle in the jazz band. I mean, I I played other things in marching band and concert band, but um, I happened to have an independent study before school when the jazz band play uh, had their Ooh. class, and so they were like, "Hey, we need a triangle. Can you just step in for these two songs?" And so I got to go to the competitions and play my triangle with the jazz band. <laughs> I remember being in fifth grade and the teacher of my fifth grade was getting up there and they were saying, they were talking about going to the next school, you know, or was it the fourth grade? It had to have been the fourth grade. And so, and they were talking about marching band and the different instruments that you wanted to do. And you actually, I think, signed up at that moment. And I didn't know what to do, so I just did what Alan and Scott did, which they played both trombone. And so that's kind of how I ended up playing that. 
But I think I would have done well if I'd done percussion or things like that. But yeah, it's all good. I did four years of trombone. Well, and you know, it's never too late. You could always pick up percussion. I did there for a minute. Yeah? When? Well, if you count rock band. (laughs) Uh. I'm just kidding. I didn't do... Although, Craig Craig and I were in a band, huh, Craig? We were. Me and Chad did like a little cover band. We did. Did you really? Yeah. What was it called? It was called Jam Side Down. Do you remember that, Craig? <laughs> yeah. Jam as literal jam. J-A-M. Jam Side Down. All right. As in how your bread falls when you're making a sandwich. and Exactly. Yep. Okay. That's it. <laughs> I was the bassist. Craig was the, uh, yep. the drum. Yep. The percussion. And, which, uh, which actually was a lot of fun. <clears throat> yeah, it was. That it, was in Utah? Yeah, it was yeah. after my mission, and Chad yeah. had bought, uh, well, we're, we're jumping very far ahead, but Chad bought a it's house okay. in Brigham. Yeah, I did. And uh, so that's where we were in Brigham. That's kind of where it started. It didn't last very long because we met our wives. And so, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, how that goes. <laughs> more yeah. fun things to do. I'd rather hang out with the girls than the dude, sadly. I'm mean, not sadly, but I just yeah, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was a good time, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah. But it was fun while it lasted. Dad my dad worked for um Synergy for a while, like Dave and Doug. And mm-hmm. he, he would sometimes take us on some of his jobs and I was just old enough to just go and not be in the way. And so we were at Stanford university and I remember walking in and there was just a bulls jacket sitting there and somebody said that it was like lost and found and nobody had picked it up. And they're like, you can have it. I was like, really? (laughs) So I did. I, Grab that thing. I took it home. I wore that all through my middle school years. And uh, that was one of the reasons why I became a Bulls fan. And, and the uh, jacket found you, right? What are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember it was black. It was. It was it black. Big old Reds bowl on the back of on it. The back. Sure mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. It sure did. I love that jacket. I think I have a picture of me walking through a commons area at Alvarado with that jacket on, carrying my trombone case. That sums up our whole conversation right here. (laughs) (laughs) All circle right back. I know. I want to see this picture. You had this Bulls jacket, and you brought up something about going to work with Dad. But maybe it was just it was a good way to spend time when Dad worked a lot. It, It was. It was because there was a time there when he worked like three different jobs. Uh, and so I think we would just go through the rotation of going to work with dad whenever the opportunity came up. I remember doing it at least a couple times because I remember going underneath this lady's house with him and, and while he was fixing, fixing like the ducting system underneath or something like that and, you know, doing all that stuff. 
I remember going one time with dad. I, th- I thought it was with work and you may have been there, but we went to Blondie's pizza. They, the pizza slices were like three of them put together, but then like, yeah. super long. it was like this massive piece of pizza. And it wasn't very expensive. It was like, what, two bucks for a slice? It wasn't, yeah. it was, it was cheap. The, do you remember the trip to see the, was it a World War II sub? Submarine? I do remember that. Yep. I do remember that. I remember going in there and um, ducking my head going through those things. Because I, I think I remember just being tall enough that I, I had to duck my head a little bit going through those ballast doors. Oh, man. I was going to be the next Michael Jordan. You have no idea how much mm-hmm. I wanted to play ball. You were not the only one. <laughs> no, I know I wasn't. <laughs> so Chad had one of the coolest markers. Well, you had a couple Michael Jordan posters, actually. I did, and I loved them. Well, it They're... sounds like you never had to take them down because you always had the same room until you moved. <laughs> well, uh, this was more in Utah. More in Utah. When I, when I had been, those. Yeah, it would have been at G&G's house. Most, well, that and across the street. It was there, but I also had them down in that room with um, at mom and dad's house, where they're at now. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a picture. It was like seven feet long. Wow. And it oh, had was it his wingspan. No, it mm. had Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan, and Dennis Rodman on it. That's a good poster. It was, and the, I loved those guys. I loved that team. It was, I actually, it was a good team. It's funny that Cammy says that. Like that's a good poster. I actually wonder if that poster would have been worth something now. It may have been because those three, Maybe. yeah, yeah. Honestly, me and Chad have talked about this a little bit because Chad, Chad was really into basketball. Alan liked basketball a lot. I think Scott did too. Mom enjoyed it, it from what I remember. Basketball, basketball was not mine and Brett's thing. <laughs> yeah. And what, what were your sports, Craig? I, I liked playing baseball, but I gave that up pretty quickly. I did it like in California. It, I don't know. Maybe Chad remembers this too. But in California, when you went to baseball, you you were an actual team. Like I was the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, I think Brett. Oh. Brett played on the Giants. I can't remember what your team was, Chad. I believe I was the Tigers. Tigers. But, like, you actually – it felt like their uniforms. Like, the, your jersey looked like the Kansas City Royals. And then your socks all matched. Like, they had, like, the stripes up the side. Yeah. It sounds like you were on swanky teams. None of this sponsored by the local tire shop or whatever. Oh, that's exactly <laughs> what happened when we went to Utah. And yeah. I was on the Rippin' Raptors, and I was like, what is this crap? <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I'm not playing if I'm not going pro here. Oh, it was a little disheartening, and I didn't play after. The, I played one year in Utah, and then I was done. <laughs> but, I didn't know that, Craig. That's funny. That this why you that's why you stopped. <laughs> well, I didn't enjoy baseball all that much. I definitely, I kind of followed more of your footsteps, Chad. And actually, as we get into high, talking about high school and that, I mean, I did like football better. Oh, yeah. And I actually took Chad's number. Did you? Aww. Yeah, 56. 
56. I still have that. I still have my practice jersey from Fremont. Oh, see, something nostalgic. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So explain to me why 41 is not a good football number. So it's funny because I recently on my podcast, they talked about numbers in, in, in football. And so it's not so much anymore, but back in the day, certain number ranges represented certain positions on the field. Right. So if you were a quarterback or a uh, like a punter, kicker or whatever, or even like a running back, you were less than 20. You were 20 or less usually, or maybe 25 or, and down. Uh, if you were like a offensive lineman, you were like in the 60s and 70s. If you were a defensive lineman and linebacker, you were in the 50s and 60s or and and so on and so forth. Right. And so, but people, whenever people were, they talk about this even today, like if you were in, in the forties, you just looked slow. <laughs> and I remember, and I was listening to this guy that actually played football in the NFL. And he's like, if you, if we saw a guy in the forties, we were going right at him. Like we were targeting that guy. And it was just, not a popular series of numbers for uniforms. Huh. Yeah, weird so, how those those that would like who knows what the happenstance. Like one guy was probably really slow in a 40 and then from <laughs> then on out it affected everybody else. <laughs> That's Although, probably wouldn't true. That'd be great if you were really fast and they, you like took them by surprise because they expected you to be slow. I don't know. I don't know. I, it's probably a mentality thing or something. Cause I do know that if you're, if they're in the forties and they have chance to change their numbers, they do. They change yeah. their number. Maybe it's just a superstitious thing. It yeah, may it be. be, but this professional football player I was listening to literally said that the, this, you do not want to be in the forties. <laughs> <laughs> so, Oh, anybody that's going to go up in the football, don't get forty. Go. Don't get, don't get it. Especially the late forties. Don't do the late forties. Oh, that's funny. Go. Okay, so fifty-six. Fifty-six. That was that was my football number, and then I also had a basketball number, and that number was ten. I I always was number ten if I could swing it. Chad, what was it like for you growing up when we finally moved to Utah and being at G&G's house? Well, it was different, you know, and it's it's funny because I remember being at scout camp and this was in California. We hadn't moved yet. I was 13 or 14. I was at scout camp and I they called me over to where the payphone was and they said, I have a phone call. I was like, that's weird. So I go over there. I'm like, hello. And it was mom or dad. I think it was mom. And she told me that we were going to be moving. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, they really called you at scout. I didn't know this. They sure did. I was at scout camp. And so this was like, I don't know, the third day in. And so the whole rest of the time I was like, dang, I'm going to be moving when I get back. So was so, it that quick? Like you were moving like well, right now? Scout camp is usually what? 
July, August, and I think we left like what September, Craig? Uh, I, I, I don't think Utah had started school yet. I think oh no, mo- they hadn't. I think mom and dad were trying to Good catch. I, it, you may have gone in July, and I think we moved in August. Yeah, so I, I think, think we had right. like a, I think we had maybe a month. Yeah, I think that's right. I think you're right. And it started but, earlier than we would have in California, and we I think we were bummed over that. Hmm. Our summer yeah, got cut short. I'm sure that's true. Because you were already salty about <laughs> what? what what school you had to go to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this goes into another subject with you two because I know this totally happened because I remember being there. I knew you were going to going there, Craig. Yes. So, Chad, what was your story about falling asleep in the blue room? (laughs) Uh, You know, I thought a lot about this. And uh, so the way I remember it, Cammy, is the four of us were there. It was... It was me and Derek and you and Kristen. And <clears throat> you girls were originally in the sewing room while me and Derek were in the blue room. And I remember granddad telling us all to go to bed and whatnot and yada, yada, yada. And then I think I can't remember if we had planned it or not, Cammy, but I remember you and Kristen coming back into our room like maybe an hour later, if that. And I think we just sat up just talking. We were just chatting it up, doing whatever. Yep. And then we all just fell asleep. Yep. And I remember waking up to granddad <laughs> saying, this is not acceptable. <laughs> and well, uh, Someone had locked the door. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't remember if it was, I don't remember who it was. It was not me. Um, but that was why he was so angry. Well, part of it, obviously, but, right. uh, but yeah, he, he was like pounding on the door. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the pounding. I think I slept through that cause we stayed up so late. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. We were in such trouble. Well, I remember he's all unacceptable and he, I think it was Kristen or you. I can't remember who it was. Popped right up and was like, I don't, I can't remember her reaction. But I actually looked up at my granddad and I was like, crap. And then I remember just trying to go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then he pulled Derek out first. He did us all in order of age. Yeah. Derek went out and then Kristen went out and then I went out. And I remember him talking like, you know, avoiding the appearance of evil and the whole spiel <laughs> <laughs> and then and then cammy you went last yes always last i'm always <laughs> it's always which is the worst because you're just you're just waiting it's just a waiting game it's the yeah. worst <laughs> but i will say this time it was actually nice to go last because i think they had said everything they wanted to say they lost the and steam. they had run out of steam and it was like yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> and like, it was far better than what I was hearing coming back from while well, I waited for my turn. <laughs> the funny thing is, for for me and Brett, I feel like we were like, ah, they totally got it. 
Were you guys upstairs on the couch? Yeah. On the couch? Yep. Man, do I got stories about those. Oh, the movable <laughs> couches? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Or Chad <laughs> rolling me up into the hide-a-bed. <laughs> <laughs> or me beating the crap out of Stan because he wouldn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So when you guys lived there, what rooms were yours when you lived at Grandma's house? Start with when G&G weren't there. Mom and Dad were in the blue room. Carrie and Aaron were in the sewing room. And then Alan, Chad, Brett, and me all shared the the computer room. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then then when G&G did go, I think, Chad, that's when you moved downstairs with Alan. Into the sewing room. Into the sewing room. And Aaron and Carrie at that time moved into the blue room. Right. And then mom and dad went to G&G's room, and then me and Brett stayed upstairs. The, yes. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So you were there for two years, I assume. At least. A little more. I, I think before and after their mission, we were there a little bit. They didn't like, serve a full two years. I think it was what? I think it was an 18 months or something like that. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah, remember. Because that would have been the South Carolina one. That was their second one, right? I believe so. Yeah. I don't think we were there for the Rorotonga. No, I don't. We, we hadn't moved back yet. I remember them. I remember being there when they left. Uh, but do, can we do you remember when we went to the Warner house, the one across the street, the blue house? Yes, I do remember that. Okay. Lots of fun there. Is too. it the Warner house because that's who owned it and you guys rented? Correct. That, right. Correct. Okay. Yep. I loved that it was like the same layout. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it, it pretty much was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty I think much. There were slight differences. Like, I think the master bedroom and the other room, I think, were swapped or something like that. But I don't. Mm. But it was pretty much the same. Did you like living across the street from Grandma? It was great. All, all the cousins and whoever came over, we got to see, and it was. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah, Sundays. Sundays we would go over and hang out whenever cousins, like the Schumans, would go over quite a yeah. bit. The Neils, we'd see the Neils quite a bit. We moved we moved back to Utah. Was it easy or hard finding friends? Um church kind of helped me to make some friends, but I didn't but and I and I was cool with them, but I didn't really make it to be a part of their group until kind of later when we got there like two weeks before I actually remember going with my mom to the school to register for classes and there wasn't a lot of openings but there was opening in like a drama class which is not my thing at all (laughs) (laughs) and so but I had to have some kind of elective or whatever it was and so that was the only thing available at the time and so (laughs) I signed up for this drama class and Mm -hmm. That's where I met my buddy Eric Olson was in that class. And 
we hit it off because we both loved basketball. And so we would just talk and talk basketball. And then we would do a lot of our skits together in the, in the drama class. And we just, we just really hit it off and just became real quick friends. And then after some time went on, he invited me over to my other buddy's friends, Eli's house where he had been a friend with him for since elementary school, they've known each other for a long time. And so that, and then, so Eli and I became friends through Eric and we, after that, we were three peas in a pod. We were always together doing stuff, hanging out, doing whatever. And we're still friends to this day and still do stuff together almost 30 years later. So, um, but yeah. But no, but I had lots of, you know, I had friends through the, my ward at the time and I, I became closer to them as time went on and, but not, a, not like Eric or Eli, my two buddies that I met through drama class, which I would not have taken otherwise, <laughs> which is kind of funny. And did your buddy choose to be there or was he? Yeah, Eric, he, he selected it probably because he thought it was easy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh. I'll have, to, I'll have to ask him why he chose that class or why he went there. Because um, Eli, our other buddy, didn't take that class with him. Yep. So if drama was not your speed, what was your favorite high school class? Oh, high school? Gym. I I loved gym. And I loved be. I was kind of a gym rat. So I, I took – my senior year, I was able to take – two conditioning classes and a PE class. One of my conditioning classes and my PE class, lunch was right in between the two. So I would go to the gym and work out and I would just throw on a white t-shirt and my pullaways with my shorts underneath. I'd go eat lunch and then I'd just be ready to go for PE class. And Okay, so what did you do after high school? Well, after high school, I worked for a little while. Um... I did a construction job. I, I worked with Alan and JB at a construction job before I left on my mission. Um, but I had some other odd jobs, even when high school. Like I actually worked at Weber State University for summers in between school years with uh, my buddy Eric and Eli's and a couple of their friends. And we did that for two summers. Um, what did you do? And- we would we were in the landscape, so we would go around and uh, we weren't we were just the helpers. So the main people did all the mowing with all the machine the big machines. So we would we would go around with the hand mowers and the weed eaters and things like that, and we would mow all the small hills and grass areas. And I will tell you what, Weber State is on a hill. <laughs> yeah. You got you got a workout on that job because you had to push a mower up and down these hills and um and we would fix sprinklers and all that fun stuff. That's cool. You know, another random memory, Chad. That you said that you did that, Cammy. Do you remember the Fourth of July reunion? We did the float for the Price family. Oh, I do. <laughs> yes. So that trailer 
came from Weber State, and I think we got in contact with that because of Chad. Really? Yeah, because Dad, we were. I remember we were up there, and maybe we were dropping you off for work, or I don't know, but that's where that came from. That's so funny. I don't remember that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, oh, that white float, but I remember yeah. Chad driving the right float and that. I, was. I drove the lawnmower that was connected to it. That was the best job. I enjoyed that. Where, <laughs> do you know where you were at on that float, Cammie? Uh, I think I was on the back. Like on the main float? Because then we had like we had like two little trailers behind it. Yeah, I think I was on the end of the main float, but I don't I don't fully remember. I just that's what stands out. So oh, okay. I don't know. I, I just remember not I wish we wouldn't have picked the lawnmower because it was a little jerky and it wasn't Chad's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I tried really hard not to be too jerky, but <laughs> you know how lawnmowers are. <laughs> yeah, I think I was on one of the main floats holding someone's child. Or corralling other kids. Oh, yeah. That was my job. Well, because I think Lexi was still really young. Uh, Michael would have been young. Michael would have been really young. Or Shelby. Jamie. Jamie. Right. Natalie, maybe. Natalie, maybe. Yeah. So I think there were still a few quite young at that time. But... Yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed that. But speaking of Weber State, I have a story about that one. Okay. That, and I kind of have these random stories like this <laughs> that seem to happen. <laughs> but I was driving a, one of the trucks around, and and I've had students come up to me and be like, "Hey, do you know where this is at?" Or you know, ask me for directions and whatnot. And uh, and I see this guy, and he weighs me down. Like, hey, you know, and I didn't think anything of it. So I slow down. I roll down the window. But he actually opens the car door and gets in it. And it turns out that he <clears throat> had, and I, I remember looking at him like, what are you doing? And he had, like, scars all over his arms and neck and stuff like that. And he was, like, hiding underneath the dashboard. I'm like, what is happening right now? Gosh. And... And then right as soon as he got in, I was like, he's like, just drive, just drive. And I'm like, okay. So I actually start moving for a minute. And next thing I know, I'm surrounded by all these orderlies from the mental hospital from across the street. Oh. <laughs> this, this guy had broken out and then ran to the campus and jumped <laughs> in my truck. <laughs> oh and my so, God. you know, they were like, stop, stop, you get out. And so they had to like coax him out and do all this stuff. And I, I got out, nothing happened to me, but I had to like explain what happened and all this <laughs> stuff. And yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah so, you look like a nice story. guy, Chad, I'm sure. Right? <laughs> what? I said, I'm sure you look like that nice guy to get in the truck with. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know. I just, yeah, because he was kind of out of the corner of my eye, 
you know, and I didn't really think much of it, you know, because I've had kids come up to me and ask me. So I just was like, okay, whatever. And then I don't know. By the time I knew what was going on and realized he was not right, he was jumping in the truck and hiding down below. And I was like, all right, <laughs> something's <laughs> happening here. <laughs> It's a good thing that the orderlies could run as fast as they could, because otherwise, oh, like, what do you do, right? You're yeah. like halfway down the road, and yeah, and they they got there. I remember because like he got in the truck, he got down, he's like, just drive, just drive, and I was like, okay. I mean, I he had scars all over him, so I was like, well, I'm just gonna follow this guy's lead, and I'll just get out whatever you know, whenever I get a chance, you know. And but they were there within seconds. I barely touched the gas, and they were there, and they got there fairly quickly but it was at a spot it was at a spot where you turned into a park uh to a stop sign and then there was all of this like shrubbery and trees and stuff and i didn't see them literally until they came around the corner and so it was it happened really fast well they must have saw your exchange obviously like or at least him getting in yeah, I think they saw I think they saw him get in, but I didn't see them because I was focused on him until um they were literally right in front of the truck telling me to stop <laughs> and to get out. And thank goodness they were <laughs> yeah. been quite the ride. That would have been quite interesting. I'm sure I would have been like I would have gone up to the stop sign and be like, sorry dude, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then I went on my mission. I went to Orlando, Florida, after Mm -hmm. I worked that construction job with JB and Alan. And yes, I served with Katie, which was awesome. (laughs) Um, That was. I love it too. And I remember listening to Katie and talking about that, and it brought back a lot of memories and stuff like that. And you know, and I would go up to her and put her, put my arm around her, and everybody would be like. Elder Price, what are you doing? <laughs> it was great. And uh, so we just had a lot of fun with that. So I'm assuming your mission president obviously knew you guys were cousins. Like, how, I wonder how who went out first. Was Katie was out I, first, right? or did you go out um, first? I think we actually went to the MTC together. I think that's what happened. We were in the MTC together. But she was Spanish speaking. Yes. And so she ended up staying there longer to learn Spanish while I went out. So she was in the MTC for probably a month to a month and a half. And then I left after three three weeks. And so she left six months before I did. Got she went home six months before I did. Did you know that Megan got to serve there too? What? Yeah, so I don't know how they finagled this, but um, Megan was ser- going to serve her mission, and so Megan and Katie were going to miss each other. Yeah, but I, my parents worked it out that they that Megan, I think she got set apart, and then she got to fly to Orlando and spend a week with Katie, and then, really, yeah, so she got to go be out there. So they could be together. Isn't that fun? That is totally fantastic. And I can totally see my mission president accommodating that, being yeah. willing to do that. Katie yeah. and I never were really in the same zone very often. We actually 
it wasn't very often that we were in the same zone. I think it only happened maybe once or twice. So, well, and you know, I don't until you guys said something, I'm guessing people didn't actually know. Like, I bet your mission president didn't know, and I'm sure they didn't know in Salt Lake because, oh, yeah, because you know, I'm a price, price, huh? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, I had so much fun with that. Yeah, my mission was great. I loved my mission and I loved my time there. Looking back on it, though, I feel like sometimes. I feel like, though, I would have done better had I matured a little more. Maybe if I went a little later. And I don't yeah. know. Maybe that's just me. Some Because pe- there were guys there that just did really well. But I think for me, I think I probably would have done her better had I waited. But I ju- just mature-wise is what I'm talking about. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and of course it's hard to know, but I think it's all, there's also value in like being open to kids choosing that a little bit more, right? Although there is a minimum age, like it's okay to wait a little bit until you're. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. Yeah. So, but, but I, I, I did grow a lot from my mission. Um, I learned a ton and, you know, (laughs) and, in a lot of ways, I wouldn't have changed it. If anything, I just wish I was a little bit more mature when I left. Chad, did you date in high school? I didn't date a ton. Um, yeah. It's not that I didn't want to or I didn't have girls that I liked. It's just I, to be quite honest, I didn't, I wasn't very confident with girls. <laughs> yeah. I could be friends with girls, but the minute I thought about changing that I was like I have no idea what I'm doing so it was <laughs> I just <laughs> uh, it just never went either. and I wasn't really too concerned at that time anyway with it so it just just wasn't high on a prior like a priority list because I had a lot of girls that were friends like I could I can hang out and talk to girls it just wasn't it was just going one step to another <laughs> that, yeah. you know one of the questions Cammy had uh, uh, put on that list of questions that I actually am intrigued about because this is something that I remember you all up before your mission, in your mission, after your mission. But was one of your? It, she asked, "What's one of your favorite books?" But Chad, you've always loved reading. I loved to read. I did, and growing up, I remember reading a lot of like I read the Hardy Boys. I read the Boxcar oh, yeah. Children. Um, I tennis shoes. I felt like you read tennis shoes. Maybe maybe that was oh, yeah. maybe that was when you were older. But it, I was a little older on that one. But I and I still to this day, whenever he comes out with a new one, I go get it and I read them all. There's still new ones. Yes, there are. Huh. <laughs> yes, there are. There's like 14 books now for the tennis shoe series and he tied them into the passage to Zarahemla series. Oh, Chris Heimer. Dinger. Okay. And so I don't have those. I do want them because it will complete the series, uh, all the tie-ins and whatnot. And so, um, I do have some books still to buy, but I love those. And, um, I remember reading the Harry Potter books. I read those. Or do you remember going to like the late night Hastings? Oh yeah, 
like yeah what do they call that it's not an opening but it's the kind book of an releases op- book releases yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Was- at like 12 a.m and we would wait in line and it was me jason brett and i think you were there craig i came on and one then, of them and then uh but brett had a buddy that worked for the store that we went to. And so he actually like went up and got our books and brought them back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't read the Lord of the Rings series until I was older, but I absolutely love the Lord of the Rings. It's one of my favorite series ever written. Um, the Hobbit, all of it, the Lord of the Rings, even like the Silmarillion, all that kind of stuff. I think the the whole idea of what he created was is pretty remarkable. Um, so really enjoy that. And there was a lot that, in fact, Brett got me onto a lot of books. Like he had all of the I don't know, oh do you guys remember Goosebumps? I used to read all those oh, the Goosebumps yeah. books. Yep. Animorphs. Uh, did you read Animorphs? I did. I read them all. Yeah, was good. Brett. It was like Brett got Jason on Animorphs too. Yeah, we talked about that on his podcast. Yeah, yeah. Brett would get those, and I would just read them. They were they were actually fun little books. They weren't very long, so it wouldn't take very long to read the books. And you know, I'd grab one or two here and there, and I'd read them. So they were fun little books. Um, I read the uh, what's that? Uh, the work in the glory. Oh, that was oh, a great yeah. series. Really enjoyed those books. Um, but as I got older, um, there was a time there when I was really into Abraham Lincoln. So I read a lot of books about Abe Lincoln. Um. There are a lot of books about Abraham Lincoln. There are. And I haven't even scratched the surface on him, but he's he's one of my favorite characters in history. Um, so I really like to read books on him. Also, I got really into leadership books. I would go to like the DIs and I would just find these random leadership books and read them. And then for my work that I do now, they actually have books that we read as companies and departments and whatnot and so it's been fun to read those does somebody pick a book and everybody reads it or is it like they like no you have to read this book well it's a uh it's called their library and it's a series of five or six books where um like ideologies their um core beliefs and their kind of like their their mantras and stuff like that you know you know to create a culture kind of thing and so they want us to read those books and it's not like we have to sit down and read the whole book cover to cover but we will read sections and chapters out of it and kind of discuss those things and uh, the idea behind it and kind of why it's part of what we're trying to accomplish as far as the culture there at work I love where I work it's probably the best place that I've ever worked at as far as culture and the people and whatnot. And it's funny because I've been offered different jobs at other places and I turn them down because it's really hard to leave a place that you just love to be at. Despite 
because I have quite a a pretty good commute to where I go, but which sucks some days, but it's hard to leave a company that just does so much to create an atmosphere and culture where you want to be there. So, yeah, I always used to tell other bosses, you know, if, if you could, people leave for jobs for pay or feeling underappreciated, but to me that falls into the culture. Like if you really just enjoy being there, you would work there more, even if the pay wasn't the best out there. Yeah. But, but because you like the culture and what's going on in, in that situation, then it's a lot easier. So oh, yeah. what do you do for work? So right now I do, uh, I work, I'm a, my title is weird because I've had like three different ones in the last like year. <laughs> <laughs> and not that titles necessarily mean anything at my work because it, a lot of things have happened. So, uh, I'm technically a senior crew chief. That would be my title, even okay. though, even though I don't necessarily at the moment work under that title in that capacity. If that makes sense. Not yet, but I'm hoping you'll tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I first started there, you know, I started out in the survey department. And so what, what I do is I go out there and I collect data, like, so property data, right? So I go out there and I'll shoot property corners or fences. I'll shoot their buildings or locate their buildings. Sorry, shoots kind of a in, in the field term. I'll locate their buildings, their driveways, the sidewalks, um, you know, I'll do topography. So we'll kind of do what's, what the what the ground is doing um on all of the utilities so if there's any sewers storm drains all of the power uh the comm lines and gas lines we locate all of that for our design team so they can go in and take that information and design whatever they're designing on that piece of property had 10 people working in the field and we had all varying um, titles and experience within that. And it was working fairly well, but about a year into it, we had three people leave in our department. One of them was our department manager. And then two of them were our more experienced um, office workers. And so when that happened, it didn't really affect me much then um, because I was able to keep moving up. So I was, I was able to become a crew chief and, and do all those things and move up and do more in the office, um, doing CAD work and drawing up all of the data and that, things like that. I also got my drone license, so I fly a drone and do all that. Um, <clears throat> and then what happened was, is as I was when I became a crew chief and we would start because there was, there was three of us in the field. When I started, there was me, this guy named Tim who trained me. And then we had a girl come in named Annika and which we trained at, And she came in three weeks after I did. And so it was just us three for a long time. And then we started hiring more people because as we got more experience, because, because they like to work us up. Right. Right. Um, so 
as we, as we would grow in, in, in the department, we needed people to replace us. So we would try to bring hire on and bring people in. And we actually hired a couple guys and they were good, but they didn't, they didn't last a year. And then the economy kind of went down a bit. Um, and so we've been struggling to find people. And so we actually had the, the girl, Annika, ended up quitting. And because of that, I had to go back out in the field because I actually was in the office. I got made a senior crew chief and was doing all of that work. And so, but since she left, I had to go back in the field because a lot of situations going on there. But anyways, <laughs> but. Before that happened, I actually was made the assistant department manager. And so, <laughs> uh, but that unfortunately didn't last long because I had to go back out in the field because we kept losing people. And we, we were struggling to find people to come in and, and to fill those roles. And so that's why it's so difficult for me to say my title because even though I have the titles of senior crew chief and assistant department manager, I don't actually function in those roles. How did you, how did you become a surveyor? I was working for Walmart and I worked for Walmart for almost 10 years cumulatively. Um, and I was making decent money at Walmart and, you know, so, it, but I didn't love it. It was not, something that I wanted, I saw myself doing for the rest of my life. And so <clears throat> I decided to go back to school and, and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I was married at this point and Kelly and I were trying to figure things out and what I want to do, what my interests were. And I, I had told Kelly how much I love maps and, you know, geography and stuff like that. And she's like, well, why don't you do something with that? And I was like, that's a great idea. And so when I started at Weber State, originally, you know, I took some geography classes thinking I might go that direction. And then as I was going through the process, I realized that there's a field called GIS, which is geographic information systems. And so it's taking geographic data and putting it into a, a format that a readable format so it's essentially just making maps of different things so you could take data say like fire hydrants in a city right mm -hmm. you can take that data and put it on a map and you can see where all the fire hydrants are in the city um things like that so i actually got my certificate in gis um, but while I was in that program, actually, this was in Arizona, Kelly and I had moved to Arizona. And while I was there is when I found GIS. But while I was in the program for GIS, I got, I started an internship at a company in Arizona, where I got, hopefully in GIS, but I actually did some survey work for them while I was there. And I actually really liked it. I enjoyed it a lot uh, in survey. And so 
when I moved back to Utah, when Kelly and I made the decision to go back to Utah, we decided that that's what I would do. So I had left Walmart at that point. So, but I needed a job when I moved back to Utah. So I actually went back to Walmart to initially have a job because we, I had to support my family. So I went back to Walmart and, but I talked to the guy that helped me with the internship and he got me in contact with a guy in Utah that knew a lot of surveys, surveyors and helped me get in contact with a few companies and then that's when I was able, that's when I really got into survey. I started at a job in Draper called Gilson Engineering with a couple of guys. And it, I just loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. And, but being in Roy and then commuting down to Draper was a, it, it was a lot. It was probably, it was 50 minute commute. And then it was longer with that, with traffic. And so I got a job in Ogden working for a survey company up here, but I didn't fit in with those guys in their culture. I didn't really like them. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't very good guys. Um, some of them were. I really enjoyed some of the guys there, but the guys that I worked with a lot on the daily basis, I just didn't fit in with them. And so yeah. – we ended up parting ways and then I actually almost didn't go back into the field because I didn't like the way things ended with that company. And so I went back to Walmart because I needed a job. And after a while, Kelly's like, you really need to try again. And so she's the one that actually helped me find where I'm at now. We, she looked on, on Indeed and found them. And so I applied there. And got hired on, and the rest is history. And I've been I've been loving it ever since. So that's that's how I became a surveyor. And I'm actually in school to try to become a professional land surveyor to get my PLS license. Um, I have all of the field and work experience, but I need to finish the the education side of it. So um once i get that done and then it's just there's a couple tests i have to take and then i'll be able to have my license which is a huge upgrade in like pay um and responsibility so and would you be able to stay at the same company yep amazing would you be able to do your own stuff yeah, what's nice about being a PLS is like, because what they do is, and the reason why it's a professional service is because knowing where somebody's boundary is, is kind of a tricky matter, especially if you look back in history back in the day, because they did a lot of things with chains and walking out and, and uh, what, you know, just they had to chop their way through woods and all this stuff to to mark everything out today we have satellites and all gps and all this stuff that help us to be more accurate but we have to work with the old with the new to try to determine boundaries and because there's a lot of research with that they it's being a surveyor became a professional service and so 
you in order to become a surveyor, you have to be able to understand certain laws, how things are done, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so it it requires um, quite a bit of education to be able to pretty much stamp something and say this is correct. So are you doing mostly commercial or do you do residential too? Uh, I do residential and commercial. Okay, so I got home from my mission, um, which was great. And, you know, I came back and we were at Grandma and Grandpa's house. And so I remember being at the table, you know, the table at Grandma G&G's house. Mm -hmm. And Brett and I were like, we need jobs. And so we open up the classifieds and we look at it and they're like, hey, this company needs managers and stuff like that. And so we call them up like, yeah, come on down and we'll hook you up and whatever. It turns out it was to sell vacuums. (laughs) (laughs) And so hook, line and sinker, they got (laughs) you. They did. They did. And so, you know, Brett was with Kirby and I was with this one called. I don't remember. Brett didn't last too long, but I, I lasted a little longer, but then I was like, sales are not for me. So that was a quick way to say that sales is not my forte. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I'm right there and with so, you. So, you know, I gave it a good effort. I gave it a shot and I was like, nope, this is not for me. I can't remember the exactly the circumstances, but I ended up going, moving to Southern California to work with Uncle Doug. And... Um, man, I was single in Southern California. I just had a grand old time. (laughs) And I just remember doing a lot of things with the singles wards. Like we would go to the beach, we would go surfing. We would have pool parties at people's places. And this, I, I, I worked a lot. Um, I bought, I bought a truck there that I absolutely loved. And just, I don't know, there was. Sounds like a good life. (laughs) It was great. I roomed with a bunch of bachelors in this apartment or this, this duplex that we did. Uh, So it was, it was me, this guy named Kevin. And then there was another guy from work that we were there. We were just batch patting it up. You know, we'd all come and go and, you know, we all had, our own food and we would clean our own messes and sometimes we'd play video games together or go get food or whatnot. And I remember one time traveling to Washington for work, me and this other guy from work, we throw, they flew us up to Tacoma, rented us out a truck. We had all our equipment there. And we did a we did a our jobs there, but then we would go to like Pike's Peak or the the Pike's uh, Place, yeah, Pike's Place, and we would go to the wharfs and all that stuff. And one one night we decided let's go up to Canada, Vancouver, let's check it out. And <laughs> <laughs> we took that truck and we drove all the way up to the border, and they just let us right in. We didn't have passports. We didn't have birth certificates. We didn't have anything like that. And uh, and so we we're like, and it's probably midnight by this time. And so we're like, okay, let's get, let's get going, Vancouver. 
And so we drive to Vancouver and we hit up downtown and it's packed. People are just walking around and it's literally like one or two o'clock in the morning at this time. And they're just, it's just packed of people just wandering about. And we're like, dang, this is crazy. And uh, I, we didn't, I don't think we planned this very well because <laughs> we did not get out of the truck. We literally just like checked it out, turned right back around and went back. <laughs> and uh, I still can't believe they just let you ride into the country. Yeah. <laughs> With no then, passport or nothing. But coming back into the States, they, they pulled us out, asked us a bunch of questions and did all this stuff. And, and uh, we, we, and then, but they did let us back in. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we went back and I think we had to come back the next day or something. So I think that's why we didn't end up staying terribly long. But yeah, <laughs> we just cruised up to Vancouver. Um, but that was fun. I remember because, you know, I was single and, you know, I didn't have any family to worry about. So I, I got sent to all the far jobs. So I would go up to like Bakersfield and like uh, Fresno and then down to the San, San Diego's. And yeah. And I like to think that I did good work. So, you know, I don't think they would send me out there if I couldn't get the work done. So, well, did Uncle Doug fire you? No, he didn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like sometimes. Not that my work was bad, but I feel like because I I ended up wrecking one of the work trucks, oh, no. <laughs> and he was really good about it. And I I don't know if another company would have fired me over that, but um, anyways, and it was totally my fault. And the reason why I say that is is because a group of us had gone up to Northern California to do a bunch of work in like the Sacramento area. And, <clears throat> but we also went to the Bay area. Cause I remember going to the Jonuts and if you don't know who they are, it's Scott's wife, Sarah's family. Okay. So we ended up going there and they had a daughter, Emily, that was my age. And we just hung out forever into the night. And just talked and chatted it up and whatnot. And the next day, though, we had to drive out to Sacramento. And so, as you can probably guess, I was really tired. But mm -hmm. I made it to Sacramento pretty good. But for some reason, those jobs that we were there for did not pan out. And so they ended up being like, well there's some work down in Fresno. So let's go down there. And so we all pile back into our trucks and we're heading South to Fresno. And it was along that one where it was catching up to me pretty hardcore. And so I remember there was a semi next to me and I was kind of drifting toward it. And I don't remember if I hit it or not because something jolted me. I want to say I did hit it. Like I tapped the side of the of the semi trailer. And it jolted me awake or alert, right? And I ended up fishtailing. And I could not, for the life of me, 
get control of it. And it, and I feel like if I had gotten my rest and was in, you know, better condition to drive, I feel like I probably could have, well, one, I probably wouldn't have jerked around to a point where I got fishtailed, but I feel like if it did happen that way, I could have got it under control. But for whatever reason, I couldn't get it under control. And I kept going. I was in the outer lane or the fast lane. And I kept going into the median next to the where there was a lane, but it's not really a lane. And I remember looking up a ways in front of me and there was some sea dock construction equipment in that lane doing whatever. And I was like, crap, I got to get out of this. By this time, the truck had slowed down and gone way behind me and saw the state I was in. And so I was like, crap, I got to get out of the way. And so I turned the wheel to go into another lane. And I ended up totally flipping the car to where I was upside down in the air. And then I landed on the back. Everything flew out of the truck. The shell was off. Everything flew out. And then I ended up landing back on my wheels and rolling off onto the shoulder. And I was pissed. I was really mad. Don't ask me why, but (laughs) obviously, well, yeah. I kicked open the door. And I just got out and I just started walking and just, just away from the truck. I was just really upset. And so by this time, you know, cause the, the guy that went me, went with me to Seattle, he actually was behind me driving and he was watching all of this and he slowed down with the trailer truck and trailer. And he got over right away and he came and, got with me and he was pulling stuff off the freeway, all the equipment and whatnot. But I, you know, obviously the police came, you know, the, the truck stopped and he's witnessed it and everything else. And, um, but I walked away. I didn't have anything happen. I didn't get any injuries. And Doug was cool. He was cool. Doug, uncle Doug was awesome. He, He obviously didn't like that it happened, but he knew that I felt really bad. He knew I was upset and he knew that's not something I would obviously want to happen. And so I think, I think he worked with me with where I was at emotionally and helped me out. And so I, I really appreciated Doug over that. And they even had me get up in front of a group and talk to people about you know, taking care of ourselves, making sure we have get rest and all that kind of stuff. Not not pushing pushing our limits. So yeah. Hmm. Lesson learned. Lesson learned, indeed. How long were you there? I was in California for two and a half years. <laughs> oh, me and vehicles, man. I feel like dad sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man because that wasn't the only truck i wrecked i had a nice i loved it it was a 91 toyota pickup and i actually ended up getting into a head-on collision it was my fault 
I didn't slow down, but I also didn't see the sign that says to slow down. And so the, the turn was just sharper than I was anticipating. So I ended up going into the outer yeah. lane and ended up hitting this guy head on. And I walked away from that one. I didn't either. I didn't get any, I didn't get injured from that one. It's interesting that you say that, that you feel like bad. Cause I do remember even early on, like, Chad was driving our old 62 truck. I don't even think you had your license yet, but you're driving up over the bridge. <laughs> yes. Behind the Warner's house. And, <laughs> and Chad was doing like, I would I can exactly see why you would have done what you did. Like he was making sure he wasn't hitting the far, the driver's corner to turn up onto this bridge, but he totally did not see the other side and ripped the railing off and drove the t- one tire off the edge of the bridge. Oh, no. No. But, well, what happened with that is I actually overcompensated. Because oh, was that truck, what it was? Yeah, because the truck didn't have good power steering on it because it was an old 62, right? So well, I don't even know if it did have power steering. <laughs> maybe, maybe it didn't. So here I was, and I'm learning to drive, essentially. And this this bridge was kind of narrow, but it was, and I I remember thinking to myself, I'm coming up to the bridge. I need to slow down, and I need to make sure I make it in this truck. And so I I thought I was going to go too wide, and so I was cranking on that wheel, and I ended up going too narrow, and I hit the other the the inside railing, and then. <laughs> And so dad, my dad was next to me and I think, I think it scared my dad because he totally was like, and he's slamming on my foot to hit the brakes, his legs over there, pam pumping on, trying to hit the brakes on me (laughs) and he's grabbing the steering wheel and he's trying to like get it to where not falling into the creek there. And, and, uh, (laughs) and, uh, finally we get it stopped. But two of the tires were, or at least one of the tires was hanging off the side of the bridge. Oh, my gosh. And so <laughs> we we get out on my side because dad was over the water. <laughs> and, you know, he was upset. And he was like, what were you thinking? And well, yada, yada, yada. And uh, he was... He probably needed to cool off. He's like, go get the piece of the bridge that floated down the river, the canal. <laughs> and so me, Brett, and Craig <laughs> go traipsing down, down uh, stream. <laughs> Dad's probably cooling off. <laughs> and uh, I was upset, obviously. And so I could have made Brett or Craig jump into the creek and grab the wood and top it from keeping going but i i didn't make them do it i did i jumped in the canal grabbed the wood pulled it out dragged it all the way back and uh yeah and then we just worked to get the truck out of the way after that i think dad had cooled off enough by then so (laughs) yep You know, Craig, you remember when we moved from California to Utah, right? And all the all the crap that went down on that trip, right? Yeah. Well, I had my own little similar trip too from when I moved from California back to Utah. 
I had bought that Jeep, right? We I don't know if it was Christmas time or something, whatever, but Dad and I bought that. Uh, I bought a 77 Jeep Cherokee that had totally been re- um, someone had welded on a giant bumper on the front and a custom one on the back. It was just this big tank of a of a vehicle. And then Dad bought a 78 Jeep Cherokee that was more original. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> well, I was driving that Jeep back to California, and Carrie and Marcus, we were kind of driving back together. And so I think just before Fillmore, the fan clutch went out. <laughs> and so, and when that happened, the fan broke and punctured a hole into the radiator. And so I ended up overheating. Well, I was like, crap. So Carrie, we take Carrie's car and we drive into Fillmore and I find a mechanic and I, you know, I find a tow guy and they go get it. And I, I work it out with the mechanic to get it fixed and, you know, and here I drop another seven hundred or thousand dollars on this truck I just bought. And but I had left it in Fillmore, so Carrie and I keep going. We drive all the way back to California, and so you know I go back to work and whatever, and I get the phone call. The truck's ready, and and so one of my roommates was driving with a bunch of people back to Utah. So I was like, hey. You got room for one more? <laughs> I'll just tag along. I'll help pay for gas and whatever. And, you know, I told you already how I was with girls at this point, but there was a few girls with there. And one of the girls actually asked to put her head on my shoulder. And I was like, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and if I thought about it, I would have lifted my arm around her and let her rest on more of my chest than my shoulder. But I... I didn't I didn't move and so she was trying to rest it her head on my bony shoulder and I'm sure that that was not comfortable (laughs) I was like uh, anyways that should tell you how awkward I am around girls at that point but anyway um I make it all the way back they 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 actually dropped me off in Fillmore I pick up the truck, I go to mom and dad's for a little bit, and then I drive it back down, and I make it back down to California. Um, I still had my Toyota pickup that I had got in the front or the the accident with, um, the head-on collision with. Yeah. And so I wanted to keep it. My original thing was is I was going to fix it back up and get it running again. But I decided to move back to Utah. So I bought this Jeep. I drove it. I get it down there after all that happened with the radiator and the fan clutch. And so I started loading up all my stuff into the Jeep and into the back of the Toyota pickup that I was going to tow back. Well... I wanted a tow dolly. I didn't want to do the tow hitch thing. I wanted a dolly. And the difference is, is on the dolly, you can put the front tires up onto this ramp and tow it that way and just have it follow you. 
instead of the, the hitch where it was just, you hook it up to your trailer hitch and it was mounted to the front bumpers and then you uh, stop the steering wheel from turning and you, it just kind of follows you that way with all four tires on it. And mm, that wasn't okay. what I wanted to do. But you, uh, U-Haul wouldn't let me take it or because my Toyota had four-wheel drive, which made it a, made it a little heavier. And they said I couldn't take that because of this or whatever reason it was. And so I do the whole thing and I, I, I get it all packed up. I get it all together and I start to leave and I'm going to get gas. Well, I'm turning into the gas station with this thing and my tires bind up on the truck. It got turned one way and I'm trying to go another. And so <laughs> I had to like get out, go over there, turn the wheel on the truck in order to get in there, get gas. And it was just, uh, that should have been a clue then and there that I wasn't doing things correctly. But so when you're coming out of the Riverside and Los Angeles Valley, you go up this El Cajon Pass to get up to like Palm Springs and all that area up there. And it's just this big giant hill going up the mountain. And I get to that, and as I'm going, I'm, I'm not even partially up this hill, and my carburetor go, is bad. And I, I, I don't know exactly what happened, but I just did not have enough power to get up that hill towing with that everything. And I'm like, crap. Uh, so I call Alan. And I was like, bro, I was like, dude, I, I don't know what happened. And I can't get up this hill. And so Alan had a Ford pickup that he was driving at the time, Ford F-150. Um, and he came down and he actually, he loaded up the truck onto his truck. And then I just followed in my, in the Jeep because it can make it on its own. It just couldn't handle all the load that was on it at the time mm -hmm. and so I feel bad though because I ended up Alan ended up breaking his rear axle from doing that from helping oh. me out and so he had to he had to get he had to fix that and I ended up staying with Alan and Michelle while my truck was being fixed you know to get the carburetor fixed this time and so finally I get that fixed. And so here I go again on my trip again. And then I don't even make it to Baker, which is just a little, it's like an hour up the road <laughs> before something happened. I don't remember exactly what happened, but I think I lost my oil pressure. And I ended up having to unhook everything, leave it off the side of the road, go to Baker, buy all new oil. And I bought Valvoline. I bought a different oil. I bought a synthetic oil. And I remember I was on the side of the road and I had to reseal my the engine tank or the oil tank with uh, this rubber like sealant. Yeah, r yeah, it was like it was like a rubber gasket because um, it was leaking, and 
And so I did that and I put in Valvoline because it was a thicker synthetic oil and the leak stopped. And so I had, I was able to get going. I get to, it was late by this time. And so I get to Baker, I'm in the hotel. I'm like, this sucks. I am not getting anywhere. <laughs> and by this time, it's been almost a week since I started. <laughs> well, not a week, but it's been like four days. And you're not even out of California yet? <laughs> yeah, I'm not even to Baker. I'm at Baker, this little dump of a town on the way out of California. So <clears throat> I'm at this dumpy hotel there, and I'm like, this sucks. So I call my dad. I was like, dad, I'm going to leave this here. I'm just going to run up here. Um, do you think, do you think I, and in Utah, I was like, I need a tow dolly. This is not working. This little thing, because I was just driving the whole back the the truck behind me would just shift. This is super sketchy. I have to go super slow and, it, and it's just not working. So I'm in this hotel. I call my dad and I'm like, dad, I'm coming up. I'm going to leave the truck here. I'm going to talk to the manager here and say, ask him if it's just cool with that. I'm going to come up and I'm going to get a tow dolly, whatever I have to do to get it. And so the next morning I talked to the manager and I was like, Hey, are you okay? If I leave this here, I'm going to be right back. I'm going to be back to get it. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. But I'm not going to take any liability on it. I was like, that's fine. I just want to let you know that I'm just going to leave it here and I'm going to bring it back. And he was cool with that. So I drive all the way up to Utah. It takes me day and a half. I stop in Fillmore <laughs> and I get some rest and then I finish it up there. And then because of the issues I had, we actually took my dad's Jeep back. And instead of saying that it was four wheel drive, I just left that off. And then I was approved to get a tow dolly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dad was like, well, let's take my Jeep. He had a little bit bigger engine, and he hadn't had any problems that I had. And so I was like, cool, let's do that. And so we go to U-Haul. We get the tow dolly. Dad and I, and I think this is like even a Friday night or Saturday morning. I can't remember. But we drive all the way down to Baker. We pick up the truck. We put it on the dolly. And we drive all the way back, no problems. And we did that probably that Saturday. I think maybe we got late back late Saturday into Sunday morning. That trip does not sound like fun. <laughs> no, it no. sounds like a nightmare. No. But it, it was just me. So, you know, in that sense, it was kind of nice because I didn't have to worry about, you know, my wife or any kids or, you know, anything like that. Um, and so, yes, the trip sucked <laughs> and it was not fun, but at least I didn't have to worry about those things at that time. So it made it a little bit easier. Yeah. In that sense. So then you moved back to Utah. Yep. Back to Utah. Again, looking for work. And so my my mom at this time was working for a place called Lifetime and they, they make basketball standards, tables, chairs, and all sorts of fun stuff nowadays. And so I 
apply there and I get hired on to work in the sheds department because they build sheds. And so I was packaging these sheds into the boxes and they would get, you know, I would, we'd go down the assembly line, we'd load it all up the box and it would get strapped and then go into shipping and whatever. And I enjoyed it. So I stayed there for a few, uh, I was there for about two years doing that job. Um, had a couple various positions. I drove lift for a while, a forklift, um, uh, even operated a robot that they had because there was a robot that would grab the box, package box, and then put it on a conveyor because they had two sides. So they were packaging from two because it was more efficient. So the box would just go from one side, put it on the conveyor that led to the shipping, and then go to the other side, grab the other box, and so on. And it would just go back and forth moving these boxes. And so I got trained to operate that. It was all sorts of fun stuff, really. Yeah, um, and I got to a point where it wasn't I started doing a, a part of the job there that I didn't really like and so I was kind of ready to move on and Alan had already worked at Walmart for a few years and he's like well try it and I said okay so there was a distribution center up in Corinne not far from where Craig lives um and so I applied there, got hired on, and I made more money, which was nice. And so I did that, and I was there for quite a while, five years. And it was during this time that I bought my house in Brigham City. It actually put me into the singles ward in Brigham, which is where Kelly ended up coming oh. to, which is where we met. Well, tell us about that. <laughs> so, like I said, I was at Walmart. I was probably only there a year, about a year. I wasn't there very long. And I just bought the house maybe like six months prior. I bought this house. It was just a little box house. And it was exactly the same downstairs as it was upstairs, except it didn't have a kitchen downstairs. And so... Just this little two-bedroom, two-bath house with on a third of an acre. And that's one of the reasons why I liked it. It wasn't necessarily the house, but it was on a pretty decent-sized piece of land. Yeah. Which is what I liked. <clears throat> Kelly comes a few months later, and we meet for the first time. And I first saw her when I came into the building to go into the chapel. And she was sitting in the foyer. And I remember what she was wearing. She's wearing this green shirt with this matching green skirt, like a green blouse with a matching green shirt. And I just remember thinking, oh, she's new and she's cute. <laughs> I didn't think a whole lot of it at the time. So I go into church and I'm probably doing something. I was ward mission leader at the time in the state, in the singles ward. So I'm, I'm sure I had people to meet, people to something to do. And so, but at a activity, I had just gotten off work. It was a long day. I was tired. And she sits next to me and starts talking to me, which I thought was kind of cool. And, but I'm so tired. 
I didn't really get a whole lot into it. And I start talking sports and she's like, well, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Not for me. (laughs) And she, uh, she had moved to Brigham from Washington and I'll let her kind of tell her story, but she had gotten divorced. And so she moved back to this area with her mom. And uh, so she wasn't necessarily looking to get married. She just wanted to go to kind of just meet people and have some, make some friends and just kind of mingle. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we, we kept running into each other at party or at activities. And there was this card activity, card games where we bunch of group groups of us we met at the church and we were playing card games at this table and we happened to be sitting next to each other well we're playing this card game and next thing i know she's inching closer to me closer and closer almost to where she's like in my lap and i look over i'm like what's going on well the guy next to her or to on the other (laughs) side of her was trying to like do something and she was just getting away from him (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, this is cool. I don't mind you getting close. This is all right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we were talking and chatting it up and whatnot. And so it was just kind of these funny little experiences. And then we uh, later on, we go to these parties that we were playing games. And Kelly and I, we just hit it off. We We got made. We were teams on this one game. And we just beat everybody. We were just really good team that way. And we just got to talking and, you know, throughout the night, we just kept being by each other and we ended up talking a lot and we just hit it off. And as in singles ward drama goes, a lot of people were upset by this. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, she was relatively new and I'd been there for a while and I, a lot of people maybe felt like she was jumping in on stuff but which is weird the (laughs) next day she's talking with a group of girls and i walk right up to her and i ask for her number but the thing is i had a reason for it it wasn't necessarily to call her up and like ask her out i had a reason that i needed her number and i think it was just part of my calling as a ward mission leader and but i did it in front of all these other girls (laughs) Uh, as you can see, I was a little clueless back at that point still, too. Um, <laughs> and so I got her number, and we started we started calling and hanging out more. And, you know, I'd go to hang out at her place for a while, and she, she would make me the best bagel sandwiches that I've ever had. And I was like, dang, this is awesome. Yeah, loves food, man. Yeah. And so I was like, dang, she can make these awesome sandwiches. They were so good. So good. And what was funny, though, is that this at the singles ward, we had done this, like, canned food auction thing where you throw in these different, like, activities or items or whatever, and you you bid on canned foods. Well, I thought I would be all cool and, like, say, okay, 
whoever wins, I'll take you to uh, Powder Mountain and we'll go skiing or snowboarding. And so <clears throat> I do this and it was between two girls. It was actually Ariana Craig's wife <laughs> and this other really cute little girl that was there in the single world. I can't remember her name. Well, Ariana ended up, ended up winning. And so I got this whole group together. And so I paid for Ariana. Me and Ariana went. And there was a bunch of us that went with it. It was a big group thing. And so we're up on the mountain. I somehow lost my keys on the slope. And so oh, no. I'm like, dang it. And my only spare, I had a spare key. But that spare key was with my brother Alan in Tooele. Oh, like man. an hour plus drive. Oh, more than an hour. It was like two hours. It was two hours. And so another guy drove, but he had this the smallest car. It fit like three people. <laughs> and so I don't remember why, but we didn't he didn't take me down. We actually bummed a ride down the mountain from this guy in this truck. And he's like, he's like, you can jump on my back. I'll take you down. Well, by this time, it's like 10 o'clock. You know, we were just leaving. And it's up on this mountain in the middle of the winter. And it's freezing cold. And we're in the back of this truck going down this mountain. And he takes us to the Maverick down at the bottom. And Ariana was with me, I think. Or she was in the car. No, she drove down with the guy in the car behind me. We all got down to this gas station. And I was like, crap, who am I going to call? Everybody's asleep. You know, it's late. And I think Ariane ended up calling her dad, if I remember right. This girl offered to drive with me all the way down to Tooele to get my spare keys that night because it was late. So she drove, it wasn't Ariana. Ariana went home. And <clears throat> this girl let me drive her car down to, and so I call Alan. It's the middle of the night. He's like, he, he was cool about it. Got my spare keys. I don't remember why they were left there, but they were. And uh, drove all the way back up to Powder Mountain. Got my forerunner, drove all the way back down. We, I finally got home, and I think it was like three or four in the morning when I finally got home. Oh, man. And so the reason I'm telling the story is because I got really sick. And Kelly and I were hanging around at this time, and she actually would come over, and she would make me soups and sandwiches, and she would take care of me and all this stuff and <laughs> yeah. so we just got to know each other really well during all this time and I I remember one time Craig do you remember this I, we took her to mom and dad's house and we were playing games and that's when she met mom and dad and everybody else but but that Super Bowl party Craig that was where you met Ariana 
Well, I'd met her at church, and then that was the first time we went out because we made a bet, and I won, and yep. she had to pay <laughs> for my dinner. <laughs> so technically, Ariana paid for our first date. <laughs> nice. So, so, which nowadays is pretty normal. So, so with Kelly though, we she had not officially been divorced. Her divorce was not final. So, out of respect for that, we made the conscious choice not necessarily to start dating or even to kiss each other until she was officially divorced. Because, I don't know, it just didn't feel right. Because technically she was still married. And so we mainly just hung out a lot. And, you know, we went to various singles ward activities and whatnot and did things. And so, but when that, when that finally went through, we, we went on our first official date to Maddox. Up down in Willard, up in Willard. That's where Craig lives. What is Maddox? Yeah, steakhouse. Doug, Doug Rural, uh, Dougie Fresh. Uncle Doug knows. (laughs) Uncle Uncle Doug knows about Maddox. Maddox. They they stop. They stopped on their way through this area. So yeah, we had our first official date there. Um, besides just hanging out. Um, where I took her out and whatnot. So, and then we didn't know each other. We we were dating for like three months before I asked her to marry me. It wasn't very long, and I know how you feel about that, Cammy. But <laughs> <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> um, I don't know. We both just felt it was right, and so we. We just made the plans and we did it. And, you know, I thought of all of these different ways to ask Kelly to marry me. And to be honest, I did it when it just felt right. And that moment was in my parents' basement. I had lit a fire and we had watched a movie and we were just kind of hanging out and talking. And I just felt like I should ask her. And she was a little surprised at first because she wasn't expecting. We had talked about it. But she wasn't expecting me to do that then. And so she was She was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> really? And I'm like, yeah. Will you marry me? And she said yes. And so and that's when we got engaged. And, oh, man, I don't remember when that was, but we got married May 9th, 2009. And I had met her in December of 2008. (laughs) Yeah, didn't take long. You know, I guess I didn't realize how quick that was. (laughs) So but, was she the first girl that you seriously dated? No. Okay. She was not. Um, I think you dated someone in California. I did. A girl named Janae. Um, I dated her while I was in California. And we dated for about six, seven months. And then she decided to go on a mission, which was cool. And, you know, <laughs> which is fine. 
you know, I'm not going to hold her back from that kind of stuff, but, um, we, I actually did talk about marriage with her and she felt like this is something she needed to do. And I even said, I'll wait for you. And she's like, no, I don't want you to, to have to worry about that. So we did decide to break up and go our separate ways at the time. And it was a little rough at the beginning of that, but it was while she was gone that I moved to Utah, back to Utah. I remember, so my, Cam, if you didn't know, three of us got married in 09. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did not realize that. So Brett and Tammy were married in February. February? No, he was in March. February, March. Okay, yeah. Some, er, er, Brett was earlier in the year. Chad and Kelly were married in May. May. Yep, May 9th. And then me and Ariana were married in November. So parents had three weddings that year. Wow. We were trying to make it easy on them. Right. Finish yeah. up quick. Everybody out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Amazing. So, so what, what do you love about Kelly? Oh, man. Kelly has one of the biggest hearts that you would ever imagine in a person because her ability to empathize with somebody is really remarkable um, to the point where she will feel the other person's pain. And she doesn't like to do that because it's, it, it can be a lot emotionally. And so she does try to keep that in check, but she really just, can relate and 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 empathize with people in a, in a lot of ways with what they're struggling or you know even like she'll see something on Facebook some news about some someone getting hurt or whatever and she'll get emotional and things like that and so her she, she just really cares about you know people and especially those who shouldn't be getting hurt (laughs) you know what i mean if that makes sense uh when it comes to children you know other women and their stories even guys who you know maybe had something happen to it but you know shouldn't have and so she she really just cares um about that and you know but she kelly has a great sense of humor um she just she makes me laugh pretty much every day. Um, she has, she's also one of the hardest working people I know. She, she struggles with like, even just call like sitting down. Like she, she feels like she just needs to be doing something all the time. And I tell her all the time, Kelly, no, sit down and relax, take a break. But she struggles with doing that. So she, she just, really is one of the hardest working people I know. And she's so caring. She loves children and babies. And um, she's been a great mother to Phoenix. And I don't know. I, it wasn't, it wasn't hard for me to fall in love with Kelly. <laughs> That's a good way she to put it. Also, awesome. also one of the, she is a great listener and, she will, and 
has good insights into people, which is something that I struggle with. And so she, I felt like she got me early and I feel it was very comfortable to communicate and talk with her, which for me is a struggle. And so that was a big plus uh, in our relationship. That's really sweet. Aww. <laughs> we got pregnant fairly quickly after we got married. And I mentioned that Kelly was married previously and she had, she was unable to have children with her previous husband. And so she was concerned about that. And, but we got pregnant right away. And unfortunately that pregnancy ended around five, four months, five months. It was 18 weeks, whatever that is. And which was really hard on Kelly. Um, obviously hard on me as well. And, but one thing that Kelly always knew that she wanted to do was to adopt and she, it didn't really matter how, you know, and so Kelly and I, while we were living in Brigham, we actually went through the foster care classes and we were going to do foster care. And, you know, we, we were going to do both. We were going to foster care and, you know, and if we could have our own children. And when she got pregnant, you know, it was such a blessing in her mind because she didn't know she could. Um, uh, so when, after we lost Easton, which is what we named the baby, um, he, her, a few months later, her best friend from high school called her who was pregnant out of wedlock with a guy that didn't work out asked if we would adopt the baby. And we were of course like, yes, absolutely. Um, so she asked us and she actually came to live with us for the, for that time that she was pregnant. And so from about, she was about, I don't know, eight weeks when she came with us. And then she stayed with us until about a week after he was born. Um, and so they were best friends. And so it was like a party for them every night. And so they would, we, they would hang out, watch movies and, you know, just chit chat it up and, you know, go through the whole process of the pregnancy. Kelly would go with her to appointments. We, made sure that she understood that if she ever wanted to keep that she could do that. We never felt like it had to be like she would be pressured into it, but she stuck with it. She wanted us to take this baby or to adopt it. And uh, <clears throat> so we got to watch that whole process. You know, we got to feel him kick. Um, you know, we got, you know, saying to him as, you know, uh, that kind of stuff, the whole process and <clears throat> all the way up until he was born. And, you know, he was born on March 6th, uh, 2011. And yeah, she, we were there when he was born. And so we would hold him and things like that while Phoebe was being taken care of. That's the birth mom's name, by the way, Phoebe. 
Kelly was really exhausted, but that night. And she wanted to stay with the baby, but we actually let the baby stay with Phoebe that night. And so we went home and we actually got some rest. We came back the next day and she was still like, yep, we're good. And so we had, uh, by this time, had already started the adoption process. So we had found a lawyer, we had found a caseworker, we had done the whole process and you know, Phoebe actually came with us to the courthouse, I believe, if I remember right, to finalize the adoption. So, yeah, that's how we got Phoenix was through a private adoption where she came to us and asked that. And it's been great. So. That's amazing. So how did you pick his name? So. <clears throat> It's kind of twofold. So the, his birth mom, his name is Phoebe. Her, her name is Phoebe Nicole. And so it was kind of a combination of her name, Phoe, Phoenix, so Phoebe Nicole. But also, um, you know, the bird, the phoenix, is reborn from ashes, right? And so we feel like it was a fitting name from him being reborn into our family. Kind of sentiments. You know, if yeah. you know what it is. So it kind of has a double meaning with with his name. But his middle name is James. And so if he ever decides to go by a more conventional name, he has that option. So That's awesome. Craig, Phoenix what, is a really cool name. Yeah. We really like it. And we've only met two or three since uh, since we've had Phoenix. That other kids that have that name. So how old is he now? Phoenix is 12. And he got, he just, he became a deacon this last year, this last January, which has been a lot of fun. <laughs> um, so to watch him pass the sacrament, and you know, I, I got put into young men's and so I get to hang out with him on Sundays. Oh, that's fun. So, but yeah. And then he likes sports. He does. He does. So Phoenix likes, he really likes baseball and he, he'll play, he plays flag football. And so we do those two mainly. And he just got done with the baseball season and he struggled at the beginning, but he actually did really well at the end. The, his last three games, he did really well. So it was fun to watch him with that. Oh, and then, yeah, just to watch his growth and his development in the sport. And so that was really fun. But last year, he played flag football, and I decided to coach, to coach flag football. And so I coached flag football last year with them on my team. And then we're actually going to start that up again uh, in the next couple weeks. So... Yeah. That sounds really fun. We get to do football together. So I'll coach him again and I'll have a team and And he's going into seventh grade. Is that yep. right? Yeah. But Kelly actually homeschools him. So even though he's technically seventh grade, he doesn't actually go to a school. Um brick and mortar, I should say. But Yeah. So do they do a co op or anything like yeah. that? 
Yeah, well, she uses what's called the good and the beautiful, and where it, it it's a curriculum that where they they learn all of the things, but it brings God into it, which we love, and so it's pretty cool. But she has she joins groups for like PE, um, things like that, and also reading groups. He's also in a choir. Uh, he's in a kids choir based out of North Ogden called Vocal Motion. Vocal Motion. Oh yeah. And so he loves that. He really enjoys doing that. Um, so, and then he also plays piano, which he does. He's pretty good at. <laughs> so. It sounds like he's pretty well-rounded. <laughs> he is. Yeah. It keeps you too busy. That's good, though. Oh, yeah. he definitely keeps us busy. And I'm not, it sucks because with my work schedule, I'm not always making it to everything. But when I can, I do. I'll even leave work early if I need to to make sure I get to as much as I can. Phoenix loves Legos. He also really likes cars. So he kind of took after his grandpa and two brothers, Craig and Scott. <laughs> With that, mm-hmm. yeah. In fact, we actually got another curriculum where we're going to learn about car maintenance, and so we're going to go over that with him. But yeah, Peace is great. He has a great sense of humor. He's so funny. He's a bundle of laughs, and he's really smart. Um, just energetic. Um, he's just a lot of fun. So he's he's a great kid. Oh, it sounds like it. Chad, do you have any memories of G&G specifically, other than the ones you've already shared? Right. Oh, Cammie, I have so many. We we had the privilege of actually staying with Grandma and Grandpa for a, couple, a little while. And it was so fun because <laughs> they charged us really low rent. And, but grandma expected us to work around the house. And in her mind, I had to do outside stuff and Kelly had to do inside stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And so she would, granddad, or she would give me projects to do outside and I'd go out and do them. And then Kelly would have her projects on the inside. And, and Kelly was funny because like, she like, her, her thing is efficiency. She's like, I'll get this done, but I'm gonna get, I'm gonna do it as fast as possible. She so she would always try to recruit me to help her out with her projects. And, and Grandma's like, no. Okay, you got Chad. You go do. It was just, it was, it was just fun. The different dynamics and stuff like that. Because it's not like Kelly couldn't do it. She just was like. I'm just going to try to get this done as quickly as possible. And if that meant getting Chad's help, then let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was just, it was funny, but uh, we just got along though. And I remember one time grandma and I got into a discussion about sugar and it was, and it was funny because it's, it wasn't a big deal because in grandma's mind, sugar was sugar. It didn't matter where it came from or what source was. But and and 
I had a slightly different opinion <laughs> on the matter. And it wasn't like we were like getting after each other or anything like that, but we were just having a discussion and grand and granddad's all, Hey, be nice to my brand new bride or something like that. As he says. Yeah. And he, yeah, he would come in and throw around those, uh, teasing comments that you're never you're not 100 sure he's teasing but right <laughs> it's it's funny you say that though but i actually forgot that i could picture him saying something like that to grandma like that's that's my like beautiful new bride or something like yeah yeah my brand new bride or brand yeah. new wife whatever one of those two yeah, yeah. He, it's funny that you bring that up because I haven't thought about that for a while, but I do remember those types of comments. Yeah. Yeah. Just little things. And, Oh, and with granddad, he, when we lived there, it was cute because Phoenix would climb up on his lap and they, they would just chit chat back and forth, you know, and he would just, he would just hang out with Phoenix and it was just so fun to watch them interact and and play and and talk and and things like that it, it was just a lot of fun in fact granddad would take him on when he whenever you go out and mow the lawn phoenix would ride with him <laughs> uh-huh. and so it was it was cute it was a lot of fun that is really fun and it, i just have so many good memories of grandma and grandpa i just remember whenever I would just get so excited whenever we would come to Utah to visit them because it was always a good time. You always felt loved. You all, there was always good food. Um, you know, there was cousins around and about, you know, it was just, it, it was, it was never anything you dreaded. It was always something to look forward to. And I, I just appreciated that they would, that they created that kind of environment for us all. I remember one time we were went to a pool and I got so burnt, so burnt, like <laughs> almost like third degree blister kind of burnt, and and so I just remember I was sleeping on the hideaway bed upstairs, and I was on my stomach with a cold wet towel on my back. And I fell asleep like that, and I woke up like that. I did not move. <laughs> and uh, just things like that. I remember one time sleeping on that with Stan, and we, I woke up, my head down at the bottom with his feet in my face, and then my feet at the top in his face. Yeah, it kind of was like a chaos house. Like, not in a bad way, but in a way of like, I remember sleeping on the dinette, the the beach table. Really? Oh yeah, Brett would sleep on, on the... one side and I'd sleep on the other. I remember you guys doing that. Oh man! <laughs> In the kitchen, and I remember getting woken up extremely early because someone would come into the kitchen to get a drink or something, or gr- Grandma, you know, starting early. Yeah. Yeah, but I what I don't understand is I still don't know where. Like I obviously I don't think all the grown-ups were always there because maybe some stayed with Aunt Lynette and Uncle Roger and Karen, but I I don't know how they 
had everybody mostly in the house, even the adults. And I, and I think that's what's funny, like with with Kelly, because you know we grew up with our big old family, and we kind of got used to a lot of noise and chaos to some degree and whatnot. Well, Kelly grew up with just her and her mom. <laughs> and so it was kind of a, a shock to some degree. Because even in our family, Craig, we had there's seven of us. And, you know, we're not loud at all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 it's interesting to look at it from some of the in-laws' perspectives and, and, uh, the difference that it can be. Now, Chad, is there anything that you want to share with the Price family? And I know that, but like, and I mentioned, I've heard this mentioned before on the podcast, but just how much it's, how easy it is sometimes when we, when we finally do get together again to just, it's like we were just still continuing our conversations, even if it's been 10 years since we've seen each other. Yeah. And I, I just, I love that. And, you know, there's so many of us, it really is difficult to maintain all of those relationships, but it's always, it's up. I just love the fact that we have that with our family. And so I just want to say thank you, everybody. And thank you guys, you two, for doing this because it really is, uh, it's just awesome. Just because for me, because it's so hard to maintain all those things, it's so good. And then there's new there's new family members that I haven't even met yet that we get to hear about and learn about and get to know them a little bit, even if we haven't met them before. And so I just think it's just really cool. We appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. We look forward to interviewing all of you. And as Grandma Price would say, See you in the morning. Like, like the way you described that, like, like maybe Chad was just in his own world. Yeah. Because, I mean, I guess we didn't talk about this much, but even growing up, like Chad and dad, like my dad, <laughs> like they just did, they beat to their own drum. Like they were on their own timeline and they just did their thing. Yeah, all of us were like, we'd go like Christmas shopping, and all of us were done and ready to go. And Chad and Dad are just having a grand old time doing their own thing. (laughs) Oblivious time. Carrie hated that. We were Dad and I were never allowed to be together again. (laughs) Yeah, after that. (laughs) Yeah.